Welcome to the Deep Dietitians Podcast, where Michelle and Lucy having raw and honest conversations. We want you to eat with confidence and feel empowered to take on your life without obsessing over food. Welcome back to the Deep Dietitians Podcast. Michelle and I are so excited to be here talking about the holiday season. We wanted to give everyone some guidance on this time that can be really difficult to handle your health. So what we have in the works planned for everyone today is talking about how you can actually honor your health and have fun with the holidays because we alluded to it in the last episode and we wanted to give you a little bit more of a concrete plan or advice, a little bit more practical things that you can actually implement in your life. Yes, I'm super excited for this episode because I think it's really important to actually know what it looks like and have some examples of what does it look like to honor your health, which I know so many of you want to do that while also still engaging in the holiday season. Because oftentimes, like we said in the last episode, you either you we tend to either fall on either end of the the spectrum. And that's where we want to end up like dieting and doing something really restrictive come January 1st. So we're really hoping that in today's episode, you can walk away with practical advice that you can start implementing to make this holiday season your best one yet (laughs) in mind, body, and soul. (laughs) Mind, body, and soul. That's what we're all about. So I'm going to speak for both of us, Michelle, when I think the first thing we have to overcome if we want to be flexible and adaptable during the holiday season is the all or nothing mindset. We could talk about this until we're blue in the face. I don't think we can talk about it enough, honestly, because there's so many ways that it pops up in our lives and especially around food and around health and around movement. And that's the biggest thing to overcome. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that, Michelle, because we talk about like living in the gray. So what does that mean to you? Yeah. So I completely agree. And we can't say it enough when we're talking about breaking the all or nothing mindset when it comes to food, because it really always comes almost always, I want to say guys comes back to that. And to me, what that means, like living in the gray is being able to set intentions and do things like honor your health, but in ways that allow you to be a little bit flexible. Now for some things, you know, we hear the opposite of this society or, you know, we think like it's go all in or nothing. Like, you know, you have to go hard or go, go hard, go home. That's what I'm looking for. But living in the gray is going hard when you feel like it, but also like not always having to go hard and like living in the gray allows you to honor your health to move forward. So an example of that might be like a, a benefit might like if I wake up and I'm like, you know, what, I really want to work out today. Like I'm going to I'm going to work out today. But if I had that all or nothing mentality, like it has to be like this hit workout that's so hard or it's bust. What happens on, you know, the day that I'm like, I don't really want to do that hard workout, um, but I want to move my body. I want to honor my health in some way. Well, if I'm living, if I'm not living in the gray, then there's going to be a lot of times that I just don't work out at all. And collectively as a human, that's probably going to, I'm going to exercise less because I'm not living in the gray versus if I am living in the gray, and I don't feel like doing that hip workout, but I want to honor my health, I might go for a walk. I might, you know, go for a late jog or something. And I'm still honoring my health. I'm still, I'm still 
exercising at the end of the day. So that's the difference, Lucy. I think like I'm using exercise because right now it's like the easiest example, but I, I think that's what people don't understand sometimes and or, or living all or nothing might be good for the short run where you're like, I'm going to do this hit workout. But in the long run, which we have to eat and take care of our bodies for our whole lives, it's being okay with saying, I'm not going to do the hit workout, but I will take a walk or maybe I'll take off today and do it tomorrow. You know, same thing with food. Like I want to honor my health and eat vegetables, but I don't feel like the kale salad. If you're all or nothing, you might be like, oh, all right, no vegetables because I'm not eating the kale salad versus, you know what, carrot sticks with a little bit of ranch sounds good to me instead. That's living in the gray. I love that. I love that. And I think at the bottom of it, it's a lot of redefining what your vision of what you want to accomplish is. So whether it's eating more veggies or whether it's moving your body on a more regular basis, sometimes I think we can feel like a failure if it doesn't look like our idea of perfection when we're saying, okay, like I'm going to go home for the holidays and I'm going to exercise five days a week and it's going to be a two hour workout and it's going to be hit and I'm going to be sweating, all that stuff. And I think something happens. Either we wake up and we don't feel like doing that type of workout or your family surprises you and turns out change of plans. You guys are going to go on a road trip or a day trip or something like that. Or aunt somebody is coming over and you don't have the time that you thought you did. And so if you live in the black or white, all or nothing mindset, then if it can't be perfect, if it can't be that two hour workout, then you're just not going to do it at all. And like you were saying, Michelle, that's not really helpful. It's not really sustainable just because you're not going to build the consistency that you want. And so I think sometimes when we are living in the gray where we're like, oh, it's only going to be a 10 minute workout. We can feel like almost like a failure where we're like, oh, well, it's not going to be good enough. And my living in the all or nothing. Exactly. It's because you're living in the all or nothing. And so that I think is the we don't realize it. We're like, oh, I'm not in all or nothing. But as soon as something doesn't go perfectly well, I think we have so much resistance. And I think we have this fear of not of it not being good enough or whatever. And so that feeling of discomfort is the first thing we need to overcome of saying, you know what, this is enough. And at least for me, when I think about redefining that standard of what you want to do and being flexible, but also have your standard because you don't want to like maybe 10 minutes a day is really not how much you want to be having, right? Like maybe that's not your goal. So part of it we have to ask ourselves is, can I just do something to honor my health today and then make up for it? Not that we have to make up, but do something that feels better for us when we have the time again. And then also saying, you know, what is really going to be the most effective for me? Because maybe it's not a hit workout, but maybe it's running up the stairs or like, you know, it's getting really clear on what is it that you want out of this time? So if it's, you know, if you wanted to do a HIIT workout, like you're talking about, was it that you wanted to get more flexibility in your body? Did you want to feel like you're out of breath? Did you want to work up a sweat? Or did you just want to like feel connected to your body? Did you just want to clear your head? So what are the things that you can do to accomplish that? That gives you those options and the flexibility of saying, do I just need to have a dance party with myself where I'm boosting my mood? I'm having a little bit of fun. I get to laugh, but I also get to be out of breath. Or did I just want to spend time in nature? Then going on a walk might be better. So I think getting really clear on what you want to get out of that, the intention that you had for either eating or working out, getting clear on what you want out of it and saying, what can I do to still accomplish that, even if it doesn't look the way I wanted to? Yeah, I think that's great. I'm hearing two main points. I'm hearing, you know, the first thing, of course, is like accepting that if you don't like accept the discomfort that might come in our perfectionist brains, like, okay, if it doesn't happen the way I planned, that's okay. I can sit with this. 
because when you are accepting of it, you can kind of make an empowered choice when you're just like, oh, I'm a failure. And then you just neglect yourself. That's when we tend to do the things like maybe binge eat later or completely not honor our health at all because we didn't do that one thing. So I'm hearing that of like accepting that. I'm also hearing you say, and like something that comes to mind is like, living in the gray and like when aunt Sally surprises you or like something throws off your plan, it living in the gray and accepting that doesn't, it's not the same as neglecting your goals or your intentions. It's not, it's not an excuse to neglect your goals and say, Oh, well, I'm living in the gray. You told me to do this. So I don't have to, it's like, no, it's, it's being flexible with yourself because the truth is like life will happen and if you, the more you can accept those moments and figure out how to navigate them and do something to get you, like what you said, like a version of what you want is going to benefit you and serve you more than getting angry and just saying, screw it. So I'm, I was hearing a couple of things. And then the last thing I'll say, because I think this is like a point in itself that's super important is... And it goes back to maybe like goal setting, I don't know, but like asking yourself what your what your intentions of all of these things anyways is, you know, is it because you were physically trying to put your, I hate to use weight loss as an example, but like, are you using exercise as a modality to lose weight? The reason why I bring it up though, is because I think that has its own misconceptions, like and that's not true. Like you don't have to do those hit workouts and stuff. It's actually just going to be consistency. That's really going to help you. But I know it's another conversation, but ask yourself, like, why do you want that workout? Are you an anxious exerciser? That used to be me. It still is me sometimes where like you want some of that um, peace that comes after an exercise. Cause I, what I hear you saying, Lucy, is that just because you can't do it the way you originally intended doesn't mean you might not be able to get some kind of taste of what you wanted. So again, living in the gray lets you have a taste, even if it's not the whole, the whole thing. Does that sound like what you were saying? (laughs) Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I think the thing that we forget about, especially because we can't get in this very absolutist mindset or this mind space with health, where it feels like Aunt Sally coming to visit is such an imposition when in reality, there's a different gift to accept. Like there's another part of nourishment that we get to experience and have appreciation for. So maybe you're not moving your body, but you're filling your soul up because you're connecting with a family member. And that's maybe something you don't get the rest of the year. So maybe it is really worth it for you to say, you know, actually doing a hit workout or just working out or even moving your body period is not as important as connecting with this person that maybe you don't see as often, or this is a special time and it would feel most satisfying to spend time with your aunt Sally or again, whoever in this moment. So I think sometimes, especially when we are really fearful with not, you know, again, with being in the gray zone of maybe even not working out that day, it can make us not appreciate the different parts of soul nourishment that we can get Whereas that's what you're choosing, right? And sometimes it feels even more nourishing to choose a relationship where you're going to spend time with family or friends and you're going to have a lot of really good laughs. That's going to do so much for your, like for you physiologically and your mood and your mood boosting versus you feeling like a failure. Like you having a good time and feeling loved and nourished and connected is probably going to set you up for better health in the long run than you isolating yourself and feeling like you have to put so much work into your physical body, all that stuff. Yes. I love that. Cause I think a lot of people who are trying to honor their health and say, okay, like, well, I, I think this is a hang up for people. Cause it's like, they don't want to be seen 
or people see living in the gray and having that flexibility as not honoring their health. They don't want to set goals and then, you know, quote unquote, and then not achieve them. And they might see that Aunt Sally's visiting and that's an excuse not to do your, to do the goals and meet the goals. And I think that's when we have to really exercise that, you know, self-compassion with ourselves and have that like bird's eye view, big, bigger picture view of your health and your well-being. Because if you are really having a, a tough time with your health and your relationship to food and your body, like, you know, you might not realize it in the moment, but like, it is kind of crazy to think like you get mad at Aunt Sally for coming because you want to exercise when in reality, like that can be so nourishing for your overall health if you allow it to be. But if you don't know how to exercise that flexible muscle, which again, doesn't mean you don't meet your physical goals or your intentions for the week, it just might look differently. And I think all of us have stretched that muscle this year, Lucy, with COVID. Like I think we all kind of have. So I feel like, yes, it's important to have that masculine energy of like, I will like do these things and we want some of that power. But it's really important to find that dance of like, it's okay if it doesn't look like that. What can Aunt Sally leaves tomorrow? Or can can the run, like have an honest conversation, like can this wait until tomorrow and ask yourself that question? You know, and if it can't, if you're like, I really, this means more to me than whatever, can I abridge this some way? Or can I, you have to be flexible, but when we get caught up in looking at things in an all or nothing lens, we'll miss the soul nourishment. We'll miss the opportunities that can be really good for us, I feel like. And and that's like a hard concept to like explain, I feel like. Yeah, it's so true. And one thing that, popped up as you were speaking is I think sometimes there's a real gift in getting shaken out of our normal routine because when you have something that maybe you don't like, right? Maybe, maybe you don't like that your routine is messed up, but you get to try a different way to exercise. Like what if you normally go on a run in the morning and now you're going on a run in the evening? How does that feel? How does it feel to adopt a new different way to move, to eat so that maybe you want to actually keep something up that you started during the holiday season. And maybe you had a hard time changing your routine because you were so set in your way and you didn't have anything to come shake it up. And I think that when we live in the gray zone, we have so much more creativity available to us because when we live in the black or white or this all or nothing, it's like, I'm either going to do this or it's nothing. Whereas when we open ourselves up to saying, how could I do this in a way that looks different? Maybe you and Aunt Sally go for a walk together. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe you have like a dance party together. I don't really do that with my aunts but now I kind of want to do that. (laughs) Or maybe you say, Hey, like, what if you actually, you know, actually I'm going to do this thing. What would it look like if we went somewhere else this afternoon? There's so many ways to create things, but I think when we get stuck in this all or nothing thinking, we forget that there's so many different ways to accomplish whatever it is you're accomplished, like you want to accomplish. So I think that's just one of those things where you have creativity. It doesn't have to be this one specific way. And when we can let go of the perfectionism, you might actually have more fun with that creativity and and introducing change into your routine. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think it's, there's really no way about it. Right. Cause if you're looking at, if you're looking at black and white and you get angry, when you're angry, you're not going to be open to how can I, Oh, 
And Sally actually is walking too. She's been doing that. And this is something that she's been working on herself. And she would love to have have you ask her to be your walking partner. Like your mind's not going to think of those things. And you're not going to know that if you don't accept and allow. So I think, yeah, I just think it's really important. And there's no getting around. Like if you want to eat intuitively, have your nutrition normalized, be consistent. Like you just have to work this flexibility muscle. And you know what, for my people who are maybe a little bit more type A than you and I, and like more structured, I want to offer this to them too. Like, so maybe you're like, no, Michelle, like you don't understand. Like I'm running every day, like whatever. Okay. So maybe flexibility for you looks like if you know, aunt Sally is coming at nine or whatever that is, then you, but you normally run at 10, then your butt is going to be waking up at seven and you have to at least be flexible with yourself in that regard. So if you're like, cause some people are different. And I think we have to like acknowledge that, that some people really thrive on like, I need to do it, do it this way. <laughs> I mean that maybe that's debatable of like whether or not you should <laughs> try to stretch into more creative flow, but if you are that person, there's still a little stretch there where you might have to readjust your schedule a little bit. But I do, I do think some, some level of flexibility is necessary, even if you are super rigid and type A, that might be your stretch. I like that a lot. I like that you say that too, because this brings up an, a point that I think is so important that I don't think so many people understand is that the intention behind your action is almost more important than the, than the action itself. So if you are trying to run every single day because you're afraid of what your body might do if you don't run or you're afraid of, you know, working off calories, if that's the mindset that you're in, which by the way, <laughs> sending love and compassion to you if that's where you are, because you don't have to live that way. But you might actually know that you connect so much better with other people when you've already exercised for the day. You know that you're in a much better mind space because you've moved your body. You, you've got all the awesome physiological benefits of exercising. And for you, it's so worth it. It feels like self-care, it's nourishment. And you're like, yes, I'm going to be in a better state when Aunt Sally comes because I will have already exercised. And I, you know, I've got that done. One is very nourishing and one is very fear-based. So no matter what you are doing, get really clear on the intention of like, you know, actually this would be really, really beneficial for me because then it doesn't even feel like it's like it's work. That's one of those things where it's like a pull versus a push. Like if you're, it's fear-based, I typically see it's very push. Like, you know, you gotta do this, gotta do this versus, oh, I really want to do this so that I can feel this way later. And so it, it kind of yeah. gets rid of that resistance. I agree exactly what you're saying. And I think that that's for me personally, why when I'm traveling like or vacation, like it doesn't. And I mean, maybe this wasn't always the case, but it doesn't really hit me like, oh my God, you know, cause I think you bring up such a good point because the intention behind it, like for me, like it's, it's almost like that exercise, that thing. Like I know I'm going to figure out how to do, I'm not worried. Like number one, I, I know how to use my flexibility muscle. I know that if there's not a gym at the hotel or wherever the heck I am, like not worried about it, need the outdoors or like a couch to use as a, you know, or whatever the floor to use exercise. But I think that it's let there's less resistance around it because it's not an, oh my God, I have to do this out of a fear base. It's like, oh no, this is just part of what I do. I feel good. And maybe this comes with practice, but I think that's the difference too of some people like really struggling and getting anxious that Aunt Sally's coming versus people who are more comfortable with being flexible and like, I don't know. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I feel yeah. like 
Yeah, because it's coming. Yeah, like what I'm hearing you say, it's like it's a place of self care, and you're like, well, this is what I do just to be my awesome self. Like this is just one of those things that I do, and it's not like a a fear based thing. It's like, well, I know I'm going to fit it in, and you know, sometimes it's like, okay, well, I know it's going to happen just because that's the person I am. In order to take care of myself, this is what I do. So maybe as soon as Aunt Sally leaves, then I go do exercise or whatever. But it's it's not a fear-based, like, oh my God, am I going to get it in? Like, how's this going to, how's it going to happen? It's just like, oh, I want to do this. How can I make it work? Right. And I think exactly. And I think with time too, like, you know, at, at right now it might not feel like that for some people, but I think the other thing too, and maybe this kind of brings us into our next point of like, I think the reason why that is easy for, for me now is because I also know like, oh, all right, I only have like 30 minutes instead of the hour and a half that I wanted or whatever it is. And my mind is flexible enough to know that like I can adjust what I was going to do and get that similar result, that similar feel, because I'm looking at like, I know that the benefits of that 30 or even 10 minutes, Lucy, like honestly, 10, 15 minutes, like I know that that's going to outweigh just saying screw it and skipping it all together. And I'm not just saying this about exercise, but I'm talking about like anything here. Um, It could be food. It could be doing something better than nothing. And I credit that to that flexibility of like knowing what, how we can make amends or how we can, um, I don't know if that's the word, make adjustments as needed. And I think that's a really important skill for people in the holidays when we're honoring our health and, and living in that gray And, you know, I don't think that's always like easy, like where you could see that solution. And that's why like getting help and guidance is super valuable. But does that make sense? Like being able to adjust? Yeah. Being able to adjust. And you're right. It's not always easy. And especially, I think some people are just in general, just based off your personality are more adaptable and some people are really not. And I even see that in my own family, but I think that there's ways to work it out and a way to know yourself and be able to work through it. And I think part of that requires planning. So just knowing like if you're going to be going to your family's house or if you are staying at a hotel or something, is there a gym, which I don't know, COVID times, who knows if there are gyms open, but you know, or is there a park around or something that you can plan to be like, okay, well, this is like a fallback. This is plan B, or maybe this is plan A or whatever it is, having some sort of planning and preparation just so you can know your options. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think everyone is different in that regard, However, I think you bring up a good point. Like if you're kind of new to it where you're, you haven't quite developed that muscle of like on the fly, I could figure it out. I think there's so much value in assessing the situation before planning it out, kind of seeing a couple of days in advance, you know, okay, what's on my agenda. And this, by the way, guys too, not just like with exercise on a vacation, but like even with like holiday parties and food eating, you know, what we end up eating, like finding that balance of honoring your health and enjoying the season. Like if you take a look at your calendar on Monday, I mean, same thing with COVID. I don't know like how much holiday parties there are, but like maybe you see like, oh, wow, I have two outings Friday and Saturday where there's going to be, what's the word I'm looking for? Like indulgent types foods, things like that, where maybe I won't be honoring my health in the sense of like getting all the vegetables and things like that. And you know, that I want to. So when you kind of have that, then you can maybe make adjustments in your week and refrain from getting takeout on Wednesday when you normally do to make a home cooked meal to adjust for the rest of the week. If that aligns with your goals, we're not saying like you have to do that, but if you are like, if that makes sense for you, does, does that, does this make sense, Lucy? Cause I feel yeah. like that's 
like important with food as well this time of year. Yeah, I totally agree. I think when it comes down to it, especially with the food, and I would love to kind of transition into that too, because we were talking about that as well. I think, at least for me, I'm a person who doesn't love, I like, I like having idea and I like having some structure, but if someone is like, you're going to do this at this time, you're going to eat this meal at this time, you're going to work out at this time. Like I will just absolutely not <laughs> do that. Even if it's my own self planning it out. So if I know my options, whether it's okay, like I'll sit down with my family, my family, there's a lot of parks in my hometown. We love to go walk around them and we'll have like specific things we want to do. So this is what it looks like to add versus subtract. So we know that we want to go walk at this park. We want to go walk down by the river. And maybe for food, it's like, okay, I want to make sure I'm eating this type of thing that's going to support my health, whatever that looks like. So whatever feel good food for you, if you know you're going to be eating out and you say, okay, I'm going to have, you know, maybe these veggies or this home cooked meal that I know really makes me feel good. When is it going to be a good time for that to happen? So as you go through your day and you're like, oh, I'm going to work or I'm going to go eat out later. Maybe this lunch is a good time to eat that really nourishing food. And so you're not saying I have to eat it this time. You're just kind of walking through your day saying, when is it going to be a good time to fit this in? When will it be a good time to drink those two bottles of water? When will it be a good time to, you know, eat the carrots (laughs) and ranch or the salad or whatever it is that you really want to be eating? So that, you know, you can show up to eating out or ordering out. Hopefully everyone is ordering food to take out um, this holiday season and saying, you know, I can eat this and I've already done something that makes me feel good when it was actually really opportune time. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I think it's just, (laughs) I think the concepts we're talking about can be, um, like abstracted and tangible, although they are super important. But I think the reason why they, at least to me, kind of feel that way sometimes is because everyone's different. Like that's the thing. So what you just said, Lucy, I mean, you know, you're talking, you guys are hearing from two Sagittarius who are like free spirited and don't want that much structure. So I, I totally get it. And I think some people, so that might really work. Like, I love that. Like kind of know, like, all right, you want to drink, eight cups of water today or like whatever that is and rather putting that rigidness on it like just allow yourself that flexibility where someone else might actually do really well with then here and then like blah 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 um so it's just knowing your knowing your intention that you have for your health and for yourself and like what is your intention this holiday season okay you want to honor your health I would even encourage you to like, what does that look like to you? Like, what does that actually look and feel like to you? What would that mean? And you also want to engage and enjoy the holiday season. Also, what specifically does that look like for you? And how does that feel? Because that's how you can really like approach the situations to make it work in both, in both ways, like where you are honoring your health and you're also enjoying the season. Like it's going to look different for everyone, I think. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And that that makes me think of one of my clients who she really likes a lot of structure. And um, one thing that she found out for herself is if she can give herself a win early on in the day, it gives her a little bit more confidence throughout the rest of the day. So she'll focus on just having a breakfast that feels really good to her. It's like nourishing and it meets her standard of this is what, you know, a health supportive meal looks like for me. So she'll have that, you know, first thing in the morning and then she has more confidence in herself to to make a decisions for herself for the rest of the day. And she already knows she has a good health win under her belt. So she doesn't feel as anxious when she does engage in more play foods or, you know, like a pumpkin spice latte, or now I guess there's <laughs> different, um, was it like peppermint mocha or something like that. So we're kind of moving seasons, but that way, like whatever it looks like for structure to be like, all right, 
every lunch, this is going to be really good for me. I'm going to have this health supportive meal, or maybe it's breakfast or maybe it's dinner, but having something for you that, you know, you can rely on, you can fall back to, if you do really thrive on that structure can be really helpful. And it's important again, for you to know, what does that look like for you? Like for her, it's a smoothie. If it's like a lunch, is it like this specific thing? When is it, how is it going to happen for you? Mm -hmm. Just getting really clear. Yeah, I think getting clear on that. And I hate the phrase, like to to use the phrase like healthy eating, but like, how can you get clear on what like healthy eating looks like to you and like nourishing yourself? And then also, you know, engaging in the holidays where you might not be quote unquote eating healthy. Um, And this is where again, guys, it goes back to that all or nothing mentality. When you are living in the gray, you can Oh, like you can learn to integrate both. So like your client, Lucy, like maybe she's doing these really healthy, nourishing behaviors. And by healthy, I mean like choosing those nutritious foods more specifically in honor of her health. And then like at that, that evening, she's going to a holiday party and she's indulging in some foods that like you call them play foods and maybe not as nutritious, but the fact that she can do that with permission and not feel like that day was a bust or completely binge and then wake up the next day and continue those nutritious, eating nutritiously and nourishing behaviors. Like the problem isn't going to be engaging in the holiday party, engaging in the cookies, in the pumpkin spice latte, the gingerbread latte, whatever, the mocha, smoke whatever, whatever these lattes are. It's really going <laughs> to be like when you're integrating both, you're, that's not really going to be the problem. So I think that's like where you and I probably can agree. Like that's what we want people to also understand. It's okay if even if you're going to like four holiday parties a week, there's so many opportunities in your week to make nourishing decisions. And even when you're at those holiday parties, like what you're doing at them and what you're doing after them, it's not the holiday party. Does that make sense? It's like how you regulate and how you regulate yourself and your behaviors and like how you think about them. Yeah. So I'm curious if this is what you mean, because this is what comes to mind is when I work with clients who feel like they eat out a lot and they don't like it, they really demonize eating out. And a lot of people call it junk food or fast food. But even if you're eating out at any restaurant or you have an association with a holiday party and specific types of food that you eat, a lot of people already think of eating out or eating at a holiday party as a failure. So they already go to the the behaviors and eating that don't make them feel good. So they're not eating any food that makes them feel good. And they're also overeating it and they're stress eating it, or they're not paying attention to it. So they like associate eating out and these holiday parties with eating in a way that's going to make them feel bad. When in reality, you have so many options. So whether that means eating more mindfully, slowing down, or maybe choosing the vegetables if they're there or choosing something that you know makes you feel good. Or if you eat out at a certain restaurant, what would it look like to choose something than you something different than you than you normally do? Because that way, that's like that's the the both and where it's like, oh, you get to eat out and you get to honor your health. So maybe instead of eating only the eggnog and cookies at the holiday party, maybe you also eat whatever veggies are there, whether it's like pickled veggies or like some chicken or something like that. And then also the eggnog and veggies, you're kind of getting a mix of both. But I think again, when you are stuck in that all or nothing mindset, you don't have that ability to say, Ooh, how can I do this in a way that does feel good? Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And I think that's what people fail to recognize sometimes. And it's a limiting belief that I think is conditioned by society. Like, Oh, you're going out to eat or you're going to a holiday party you know, screw it, all bets are off. And you start coupling that thought with the holiday party. 
And in turn, the thought turns into your behavior and your behavior turns into how you feel because of what you chose. So if you kind of like bust that limiting belief that it doesn't have to be that way, you're going to likely feel better. And here's not to say that do the foods at restaurants, I almost said hospitals, LOL, the foods at restaurants and holiday parties, do they tend to have more things like salt, sugar, and fat? Yeah, they usually like, that's, I think a fact, that's just how it is. But that doesn't mean that you can't do things like honor your fullness and mine your portions and round out that plate, find the salad, which unless it's in dressing, you know, there's a chance, like you could still find ways to honor your health in that way if you wanted to, even if that means eating fried food, but actually that particular night you ate less because you went in with the mentality. Cause I don't, I'm sure you kind of agree with this. Like when I think of like honoring health, like your physical health speaking, you know, yes, it's the type of food, but it's also, you know, how much of it we're eating, right? Because that's going to affect like your health and your body. So you might still be eating fried foods at that holiday party, but if you go in with the intention that, oh, I can still enjoy myself, but also honor my health, you might end up eating less than you would if you were like, oh, I'm going to the holiday party. Screw it, guys. I'm like, does that make sense? And I think so Mm -hmm. many people like don't get that and are like, oh, like how do you, you can eat fried foods or you can do this and like you're still healthy and it's like, right, because healthy, quote unquote, because it's not always about the actual food as it is about your behavior and your thoughts that impact your behaviors. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And again, it's that intention behind the food where it's like, oh, I'm honoring my health and I'm having foods that make me feel good. And personally, I just want to offer this like intuitive eating perspective because now when I go to holiday parties, we're not trying to just say like portion control because you know these foods are good or bad. But when you really start intuitive eating and you get to that place of healing or normalizing your nutrition and you get to that place of truly all foods are emotionally equivalent. There's no good, bad. All foods are on the same playing field emotionally. You have that, that connection to how a food makes you feel physically. And so I think Michelle, what you're saying there is intuitively, I know that if I only eat fried foods, I feel pretty, (laughs) I feel pretty gross. (laughs) Like that's just how it is. And so that's how I navigate my holiday season is understanding that whenever I have gone overboard on these foods or I eat a lot of them, it makes me feel a certain way. So I notice that if I mix it up with other foods that a lot of people will see as like the healthy foods, like your salad or something like that, I just genuinely feel better. I leave not feeling super weighed down. I don't feel like, I don't know, like sick or anything like that because I've introduced this balance and it's not because I should, it's not because this is the right thing to do. It's because I've experienced my body eating both different types also my mindset around it and knowing that the balance that I create that night is exactly what I needed. So it's one of those things where you can have that intuitive hit, but it's really important to recognize that there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's the balance. It's what you eat, how you eat and what you think of it, the portions, the amount, all that stuff that's going to make you feel your best. But again, you have to live in that gray zone because only you know that like my best gray zone health way of eating is going to look different from yours, Michelle, and anybody else's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important. And that's like, I'm sure some for some people like, so far fetch right now. And that's, you know, fair, because that's, that's, it's a practice, it's allowing yourself to be in the moment, allowing yourself to be mindful and really connect 
to your, your physiological, like to your physical body and also have awareness around your thoughts around food and notice how those foods make you feel. So I think that's an important thing of how to navigate this holiday season is just stay connected and stay aware of how food makes you feel. Cause I think truly that's one of the most important things for people. And that's such an intrinsic motivator when they start to realize, you know what, like I'm noticing that whenever I eat a bunch of whatever fried food, like I feel really sick and it's like, I went to the party. So, and I just had one and I felt really good. They kind of, we approach it with curiosity and it's more of an experiment that becomes such a motivator. Now you don't have to be told by us or anyone like, oh, you shouldn't eat fried food all the time because it's not as nutritious. It's like, no, when you're, when you're connected to yourself, your cues, your intuition, your physical body, and you notice how foods make you feel you don't need motivation. Really, you don't be when and that might still be far fetched. But like, so just do that work this season from like a curious place of connection, I think is a way to help you get to where where Lucy, you know, intuitively eats at parties. (laughs) Something to kind of strive towards. It's true. And I think what you say, first of all, I'm not perfect. You know, some days I'm like, oh, this was a learning experience, (laughs) you know, but what you're saying, I think in in describing is that pull versus push. And if you haven't experienced, you know, that neutral view on food, it's kind of hard to accept. But when you do have that neutral, sorry, I want to see if you wanted to add something. No, go ahead. I, I, you stole the words out of my mouth. So go ahead. Oh, (laughs) when you have that neutral view of food, how you feel is more important than like what you think of the food. And you are just naturally pulled to eating food that make you, that makes you feel good because you're not afraid of missing out. Cause it's like, I know I can have a pumpkin spice latte anytime I want. I'll make it for myself in the summer if I really want to, you know, but when I feel like crap, the only thing I want to do is drink some water and eat some veggies because I know that's what I want. And like, this is to the point of like one time I was even in Paris. It's like the land of like cheese and wine. And like, I had been eating all the fun foods and I went out to this restaurant and all I wanted was salad. So it's like, I didn't feel like I was missing out or anything like that. It was the best salad of my life because I was like, that's exactly what my body wanted. And I, again, I wasn't afraid of like missing out or anything like that because I could enjoy the foods, but what I truly wanted, it wasn't because I had to, or I should, or it was like this hard decision. It was like, I genuinely wanted this because I was listening to my body. Yes. I love that. No, I think that's true. And that's where y'all get when you start to like really see that connection. Cause you're right. It's like, it's not going to really matter as much. And this might, I, I just feel like this can sound so opposite and like almost unbelievable to some people, but I, we want to say it's possible. Like even if it's grandma stuffing or whatever, you are like, I don't want to use the word addicted, but like you love honoring your body and your choices because it feels so good, not just physically, but also like internally in congruency that it gets easier to be like, Oh, okay. You know what? grandma I love it I'll take some for leftovers and eat them tomorrow but like you don't because you're choosing you more and how you feel and I think that's so important and it's definitely possible you just have to make the effort to to notice it starts with just that awareness of how foods make you feel and start honoring that and I thought the thing that I kind of interrupt you about was when you said neutralizing foods that's exactly what I just wrote down as another tip for this holiday season which can sound really like Grinch like when we say like to neutralize foods or take some of the emotion out of it. But I think we can agree it's it's 
it's not to take the fun out, out of the holidays. It's instead to really make them more enjoyable, more fun, more fun and feel more empowered around food. When you start to acknowledge that food is neutral. So even though you have all this memories and nostalgia around certain food, when we can separate some of that emotion from food and what we tell about the food, we making empowered choices and honoring our health becomes easier. What would you say about that? I love that a lot because I think a lot of people are like, wait, but I don't want to have like an emotionless connection to food. And that's not what we're saying. What happens is this is why it's so important to do the mindset work all, all the time, I think, around food because it's really highlighted when we have this beautiful connection with food. And when we normalize and neutralize food, we get to enjoy the benefits of that tradition of the history with your family or whatever that looks like the fun nourishing parts of food, but we don't have this like love hate relationship with food because to me, what neutralizing foods means is you don't have this, this is good. This is bad. This is, you know, right. This is wrong. We just say, Oh, a cookie is a cookie. It makes me feel this way. Kale salad is kale salad. It makes me feel this way. And maybe this type of pie makes me feel connected to my roots. Like my mom's side of the family is from the South. So pecan pie is something that's like super fun and nourishing for us. But when I don't have that, is this bad for me? Is this good for me? I don't know. The the part that's like, oh, I can only have this right now. It'll make me eat it out of controllably. And you know, then I feel sick and bad afterwards. We get to sidestep all of that. And I just get to eat pie and say, wow, this is really good. I love that I'm eating pecans and the pecan is the right way to say it. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that's what I get to think of instead of that whole emotional roller coaster that then gets in the way of us connecting to our physical body. Cause I think it really just distracts us. So then we actually walk away feeling like we didn't honor our body and we still walk away with this belief that pecan pie is really bad. Right. And I think what you're highlighting is when we say neutralizing foods, I guess, maybe more accurately, like we're taking some of the morality out of food because Mm -hmm. you're, you're, what you're saying there is that that doesn't mean the food doesn't have any meaning to you. Like when you think of pecan pie, you think of, you know, your family heritage and all that stuff. So like, it sounds like neutralizing foods or demoralizing foods, like where's the fun in that? But really it's like, because you're doing that, you're more able to in number one, enjoy the food, but number two, still have that connection to the food and actually enjoy it and think about like, oh, wow. Like, you know, so I don't know what the right phrase of that is, but um, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like you still think of pecan pie and like you have that positive connection with it, which I don't think that's, I think that's like makes the food even more enjoyable. I guess it's just neutralizing and zapping like the morality parts of food that we want to, to move away from. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've had people come to me who are like, you know, I was trying this diet, but you know, I have an emotional connection to food. Is that a bad thing? Because I think in order to really eat (laughs) in diet cultures standards, we have to deny the fact that we, or we try to deny anyway, that we have an emotional connection to food when that's not realistic. That's just saying like, oh, well, you're never going to want to have pie. You're never going to want to have these things that make you feel connected to your family or that bring back this memory of one time when you're in college with your friends or something like that. And that's just, I, I think that's unrealistic. So I think when we get to take the morality of food out of it and say, you know, you have this connection to it, honor that. And you get to honor your physical health when you eat it as well. Right. And you still, and I want to just say to that too, like, cause I just, oh my God, you went to JMU. I just thought of Chinos. <laughs> oh, is that pizza? Oh my God. Yes. Funny story. Right there. <laughs> so I just think, yeah, I just think of that where like, 
we drank that after a, a long night out or we ate that after a long night out. Cause you just said like your friends from college. So mm-hmm. there might be foods that you have that connection to. Cause I'm thinking like in a sober scene of mine, I don't really foresee myself eating Chinello's no offense, but Southern pizza is not even, does not even stand <laughs> up to New Jersey, New York pizza. So it's funny. Like you also can still have that connection, but either yes, honor, like do both like honor your health and also just honor your truth. Cause like, if I had that now, <laughs> I might be like, I don't even want this pizza, but I can still kind of appreciate that that pizza represents all these memories. Does that make sense without necessarily like indulging in it in the way that I used to after a night out of Jamie? Like, so I just think like we, again, meeting, meeting yourself and your thoughts with that acceptance of like, okay, yeah, this food means like it does have this meaning to me while also staying mindful and like making the choice like that doesn't just because it has this meaning doesn't mean I have to make myself sick eating it. It doesn't mean I have to choose to eat it. Yeah. Cause I think it's about redefining that relationship with it, where sometimes if we think it's a bad food and for me, I definitely had a period of my life where I would have those foods and I would eat to the point of fullness or like sickness. Basically it was just, that was not a great relationship with it because again, I was demonizing it where now when I can redefine that relationship, of I'm living in the gray zone. It's not like I'm not eating the pie, but it's, I eat one piece of pie and I feel not sick afterwards. And to me, that really enhances the experience. So I think again, like living in that gray zone, it's like, just because you think you're eating this bad food or you're making this bad choice doesn't mean you have to do it in a way that makes you feel bad. So again, living in that, the both ands, like I get to eat pie and eat it in a way that feels good. Yes. I think basically when we say this neutralizing foods and things like that, I would just say this holiday season, like just be mindful of like the stories that you're kind of telling yourself about the food and like really kind of fact check, like, oh, if I have one piece, I'll have it like really like, and, or if I have that, I'm a bad person, like be mindful of that and just challenge that because the more you kind of shed light on that, the more empowered you'll be and you will most likely make different choices that it end up impacting your health, which is what, you know, we started this conversation off with like how to honor it. So you can, like you said, Lucy, have the the pecan pie and engage in the holidays like that and that Christmas tradition while also honoring your health because you had less of it. So again, it's not the food, it's the how much we're eating a lot of the times, in my opinion, is the big, especially collectively. So mm-hmm. I have six six tips here that we wrote down. Did you have anything else? No, I think that's it. I think this is a really important conversation of, you know, redefining that, that the perfectionist, <laughs> I don't know, for like a lack of a better word, the per- perfectionist expectation we have going into the holidays and learning to be adaptable and flexible is going to serve you for the rest of your life during the holidays and even past that. So I think it's definitely a really good skill to practice and reminding everyone that it's a skill. <laughs> if you don't feel really good at it yet, you don't feel like you're skilled with it yet, that's okay. Just put it in the practice. You'll get there and you'll feel really confident eventually. A hundred percent. Yes. It's a practice. It's it's a process. So again, like living in the gray while you're doing, while you're practicing living in the gray, be compassionate and just kind of gentle with yourself of like how you integrate these things. But I would say the biggest thing is see that limiting belief that the holidays can't be health and like honor your health and engage and enjoy them. And I feel like that in itself, 
like knowing that will already help you make better choices that you're going to feel good about rather than going into like, Oh, holiday season can't do anything good for my body. Like, cause that's then all your choices are going to prove that statement true. So we hope that you guys got some tactical advice in, in today's episode. Yes. Should I recap it real fast? Yes. Share the takeaways. Okay. So, so the first one is accept um, that it's not black and white enter the gray zone. The second thing is being flexible is super important. Number three is be clear on the intention behind the things that you want to do, especially with like exercise and and the way you're eating. Number four is adjust and be adaptable. And sometimes that might look like planning ahead. Number five is integrate, integrate both like healthy habits in your day and going out to parties, like make that be okay, find that balance. And then the last one we just talked about was neutralize food. So really kind of take the moral value out of food and, and drop the stories, the negative stories around food this year. Love it. That was a great recap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My handwriting was a little messy this time, but yeah, I think this was good. I feel like this was loaded. So like, if you guys have a lot of questions or just concerns or you're feeling maybe like a little uneasy or shaky around any of them, like, please send us a message. Um, Show us some love on the Deep Dietitians um, Instagram. We're happy to connect with you. We want to connect with you. We'd love to hear what your like struggles are, I guess, this time of year for the month of December and like navigating the holidays, maybe just like with COVID and the holidays. Yeah. I think this year looks a lot different for everybody. So (laughs) we're all being very adaptable and hopefully flexible this, this year with the holidays, but it's true. Like, don't beat yourself up. If you feel like you're still working on this, Michelle and I are really here to support you. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear where you are with that on your journey with anything we just talked about. And yes, please show us some love and just say hello on Instagram. We are here and love to meet everyone. And we'd love to know if you have specific questions. Exactly. Yes. And if this was helpful, guys, please rate it and write a comment, leave a review, share it with a friend, especially if you found value in it. We want to make sure the people who really need this message hear it, especially this time of year. And yeah, I think that's it. We'll, we'll see you guys next time. See you next time. Oh, 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 oh,